right, guys. It is Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and also 7 p.m. Central, which I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, required to mention for my co-host Brick75, aka Brian Hooper. We are back for another episode of Lulz, episode 108. Brian, how are you feeling after 107 episodes under our belt? Uh, exhausted. That was took years to accomplish this. So. All right, guys. How many uh, how many episodes does Rogan have under his belt? What is he oh god, like twelve hundred? Twelve hundred, man. That's uh, like that. so. If, if I do the math correct, we're a little less than eleven hundred episodes away from an eight figure contract with Spotify. Yeah, yeah. At this rate, one one show a week, we'll catch up if he dies, and then we do one show a week for like I don't know, one hundred and twenty years or something. Yeah. What do you think? To me, that was kind of obviously he's getting a loads of money but he was already you know richer than he'll ever need to be um do you think he is going to sacrifice any creative or editorial control over his show uh obviously pure speculation my guess is he will not at all yeah i, I think he had all the leverage yeah all the leverage so like when i first heard it i was like uh i was like oh man that's kind of a sellout move for, for Joe Rogan, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my first, you know, 10 minutes. And I thought about it. I'm like, actually, no, this makes quite a bit of sense because of that. Because I think I he probably locked in all creative control, everything he asked for. He's like, I'm not doing anything different. I'll say whatever I want. And then I, I wouldn't even be, be surprised if like, if, if they give him pressure that he can like get out of it with money. Yeah. Or something like that. Like he, I mean, he's, and the reason I say that is because I think part of it was because he was trying to get out of YouTube, um, like their censorship lockdowns that they that they've kind of been ramping up for the past few years or so, and and so like maybe they gave him some guarantees and he's got money locked in there. I can't believe their market share went up like one point five billion dollars or something when he signed with them. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, or the Spotify's actual. I, I did. Yeah, the the, and so like, with with YouTube and the, the other thing about him being a sellout or whatever is like, well, do you want YouTube to get the money, right? You uh, know what I mean? Like they're making they 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 probably lost a billion dollars with him not doing their content on there anymore. It's like, he's I mean, who do you want to get the money? So it's I like wonder, I'd rather him have it. Well, that's the thing too of thinking about someone like him, and you're trying to um, untangle the relationship between his success and the platform. Like, I wonder how many viewers, if Joe Rogan was just like, okay, I'm going to self-produce this, his own video streaming. They spin up a site um, where he's going to stream it on his own website. I wonder what kind of reach he could get just purely on his own name. I'm sure he's got email lists, his Twitter, whatever. I wonder how much of that audience he could retain. Um, there is, uh, that's a good question. I bet, I bet less than Spotify. Yeah. Less than switching to Spotify and, and, and probably a decent amount, but nowhere near you know, the convenience of YouTube is that I wonder if Spotify is like a Roku app and they're going to have to start because they, they, this, they have a video platform. Apparently I didn't know that. Did, how many, how, how many people even knew that? that they offer Well, and I think, I think that's one of their goals right now is to beef up their video. And they say, if we can make this guy exclusive, one of the biggest shows on YouTube, um, that's a real good launch point for them. 
isn't that great? Like, I think that's fantastic where, I mean, it sucks that not everything's in the same one place, Yeah. but yeah. like the more that these other companies put pressure on Google to compete against them, they're going to stop this censorship, you know, which I, I mean, I personally, I, I don't think they should be sense, you know, censoring with half these accusations that they're, that uh, of the people that they're censoring. So like, you know, if they start losing, a lot of these big names, you know, they're going to start getting desperate and they're not going to, you know, crack down because they're going to need the revenue. They're going to need the content creators. So the more the merrier in my book. I wonder for him too, if, if he's not sacrificing, the only thing he's sacrificing is the amount of platforms where people can consume him, um, which theoretically, at least in the near term, will diminish his reach. But otherwise, yeah. it seems like he just got an eight-figure check to just literally keep doing exactly what he was doing. Yes, that's that's what exactly how I would sum it up. And maybe with you know less influence if he loses, because because that means he can't do iTunes, right? Yeah, no iTunes, yeah. no iTunes, no YouTube. So that's huge distribution right there. And a lot of people, you know. Because remember Howard Stern back in the day was huge. To Sirius, yeah. Yeah, his E! show was huge. And then Sirius bought him out 500 million over. So basically, like similar to Joe Rogan's number, 500 million over five years, I think it was. And like I stopped watching him. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of people did. And he has crazier fans than Rogan, right? Like, like yeah. more. I mean, actual crazy and, and, and like more uh, fanatical, you know, like they'll follow him anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see how much, how much does uh, come over to Spotify. Um, if they can, if that, if they can get into like the podcatcher too, though, somehow, cause like yeah. I have like a yeah. pod app, right. And if it's, if it keeps showing up in there, like it's not, the audio is not going to change for me. Right. And, in my thing about that right now too is um, we all have our pod. I use Pocket Casts. I'm I love right. the the organization of it, the playlists I can make, all the settings. Like right now, um, I find Spotify kind of um, their interface is a little too simplistic right now for my liking and and how it works but if they're making this big of an investment in one single guy they're clearly about to make some big investments in their entire podcasting infrastructure so i could definitely see myself in the next year or two if they really beef it up like you know moving all my you know podcast consumption over to Spotify, because then all of a sudden their big selling point is, look, hey, Peter, you're already here listening to music on Spotify 10 hours a week. Now you can also do your, you know, your five hours of podcasting over here as well under one umbrella. Um, you saw they, they got Bill Simmons, the ringer too, right? Yeah, but their his stuff isn't exclusive. Like you can still get that all his shows. Oh, it's his pod. Yeah. They, they gave him 200 million, right? Yeah. And I think maybe part of their contract was going forward. They were going to have to create exclusive shows, but um, their or create new content that was exclusive, but all of their, you know, grandfathered in shows were still available everywhere else. That's strange. I don't know why yeah. I give them any money. I kind of thought it was weird that Bill Simmons would get 200 and Joe Rogan would only get 100. 
honestly. It's like, I like Bill Simmons, but it's like, I'm not going to go anywhere special for Bill Simmons. Sorry. Not anymore. Maybe in like the mid 2000s or something. I think Bill Simmons is able to continue to, and I do think it's his strongest suit. I don't, I don't consume any Bill Simmons content, but I do listen to a decent amount of ringer podcasts and he's always been a good evaluator of talent. And I feel like he generally builds like a good stable of writers at Grantland, a good set of podcasters. And I think he probably was just able to sell Spotify in the same way he was able to sell HBO on their investment in the ringer of just being like, hey, I will build a network um, with a lot of firepower, a lot of talent, a lot of good content. But how that is worth however many, you know, millions of dollars for no exclusive content, uh, that is kind of crazy. That doesn't make any sense. I, I just assumed that I didn't look into it. I just assumed if Joe Rogan was exclusive, that he was exclusive. That's strange. Yeah, no, you can still get your, your cousin Sal and uh, his other cronies uh, on the podcast uh, of your choice through iTunes. Do you know what's kind of crazy about all of this is like iTunes just like woke up with this like podcasting empire in their laps. You know, the only currency people really care about as far as podcasting metrics is where you are at on the iTunes charts. And yet they are just perfectly content to not try to build on it further. Like they're focused on TV. They're focused on hardware. Like they just do not care about this podcast. Like they're completely content to let Spotify and these other companies kind of have the podcast uh piece of the pie yeah um and it seems like youtube too right the video the vodcast or whatever the version would be yeah uh you figure they'd they might change their tune or fight i mean they have such a big market share so much content on youtube yeah but i yeah itunes definitely is 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 playing that no we're apple we're itunes you know go after yourself yeah and the thing in like youtube too and google like uh a few years ago when i was doing more streaming from my account they had a really simple integration with google hangouts um where you you know i'd send you the google hangout link i press live just from the google hangouts and immediately blasts off you don't need any broadcasting software any of the other additional stuff and then they got rid of that and they just don't seem to care or be prioritizing um, their own functionality for live streaming, even though it makes so much sense. Why wouldn't you give creators more tools to do that? Yeah. Yeah. You, do you think Twitter could do something like this? Like, I know it's not the same thing, but like, who's like, like, all right, this is a bad one, Trump or somebody, somebody huge with a huge following. And then they go, you, you have exclusive, your tweets exclusively on this new site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you think that would work if they signed like 10 huge tweeters yeah i wonder the thing is is like i guess you could say the similar thing well rogan had options but like twitter kind of has a a monopoly in a way right like what would even be an alternative i mean facebook isn't going to try to pull anyone away i'm just trying um, to think like what would be the incentive like trump's gonna trump's gonna make all of his thoughts exclusive on twitter without you paying him yeah, well, uh, you know, Elon Musk starts one or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, that's why I brought it up is the monopoly, the monopoly claims, and yeah. like just yeah. throughout history. You know, like remember in the '90s or whatever, 2000s, Walmart was the monopoly, yep. right? Yep. And now now it's Amazon. Before Walmart, it was Sears, and they went yeah. broke. 
and it's going to happen again, I think. And, and this could be the start of it with yeah. Spotify jumping into the ring against YouTube. And maybe there, there'll be some other competitors jumping in the ring against Twitter. And you could only, you know, you could only in some DFS sites that me and you have talked about, not to mention any of them, you could only put up shitty product or do so many mistakes for so long before your competitors uh, start to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also the, you know, twi- I know there have been some sites that have, you know, tried to come up with some like censorship resistant, you know, software, but it's just hard getting a user base over there. They don't have the resources to get the UI and the app to what it needs to be to actually compete. The thing that's always kind of a mind uh, a mind fuck for me with Twitter is like, I always thought of it as this, you know, this bubble, right? That it's this pretty relatively niche thing and that there's so much of an audience out there. Like just even take fantasy football. Like there are so many people that are on YouTube or Reddit or, or just consume ESPN content that are not on Twitter. And yet we see someone like Trump, you know, with the biggest platform imaginable, like, you know, using this platform to reach you know, huge swaths of his constituency or and whatever. So it's always like weird to me. I'm like, is it a niche? Is it just this thing for journalists and content creators? Or is it truly bigger that people are coming out of the woodwork to follow these bigger personalities on here? I would say the latter. I think they're they are coming out of the woodwork at this at this point. Well, like, do you think young, young, younger people, like they're kind of just grew up this way, right? At this point, people like, you know, under 25 or maybe even under 30. Yeah. They all have Twitter accounts. And like, you know, my mom now is goes on Twitter like crazy. Really? <laughs> right. Yes. You know, obsessed with uh, Trump, but uh, not in the positive way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another interest. If if uh, Twitter had a referral link, and it was actually this, the, my hypothetical, my hypothetical isn't going to work perfectly. But don't you think Trump is responsible for more people joining Twitter than any other user? I have no idea. That's a good question. I so I I did look at the numbers the other day. Obama followers and trump followers do you know do you want to guess on the, the difference between the two Not i actually i actually was looking at this the other day too okay. because aren't they both around like 75 million range no i thought okay maybe maybe my memory's wrong so trump is at uh trump's at 80 okay and Obama is at 117.7. Oh, 117. He might he might have the most of anyone on all of Twitter. Oh, all right, let's let's do a quick guessing game. Okay, amount of tweets, Barack Obama. The number of tweets he has sent since his account's creation. Yeah, and I'll say, was it created in March 2007? Right, because they they use that as the, one of their big campaign tools. That was like the whole like, oh, they're the first. That's not that. That's pretty early. The March two March uh, two thousand seven. If you think about it, like that would have been that would have been that long, uh, or was it November two thousand eight? Was when the election was. So yeah, a year and whatever. Okay, eight months. That's plenty of time. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No. Um. I will guess. I think it's pretty low. 
I'll guess 5,500 tweets. 5,500. Okay. That is pretty low. I, I wish I, I didn't have to look myself. It's 15,000.8. Okay. Oh, See, the thing is, I don't follow any politicians on Twitter. At least I don't think. I'm sure someone could go scroll through and find like one or two or whatever, but I generally don't follow. So I don't have a good um, frequency baseline for how much those kind of accounts tweet. Do you follow Trump? No, but I, I see all no. this stuff in my timeline nonstop. Right, like you don't I, have to. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't have to. All the good stuff gets gets shared anyways. <laughs> it's all good, man. No, I'm kidding. Um, the it's uh, so I'm not going to look at it. How many tweets do you? And I'll guess too after you guess. How many tweets do you think Trump's done? Oh God, Obama's done fifteen, sixteen thousand. <laughs> I'm going to say it in what, when was Trump's account created? I don't want to look at it. I don't, cause I want to guess too. Uh, okay. maybe I can cover it up. Hold on. uh, he, he, he was created in 2009. Okay. Let's chat. You guys guess with us here. How many Trump tweets do we think since 2009? I am going to say, I think it's legitimately like 20 times as much is Obama. Uh, like I'll say 115,000 tweets. I, I, I was going to guess over a hundred. Um, so that's, that's less than 10 X though. Yeah. Uh, I know I was trying to rein myself back in. I mean, he's a maniac. Um, I'm going to go 150. I'm going to go over. Okay. So 115, 150. Yeah. It, oh, way off both of us. 51.8. Wow. What we, we, we won. You, we both lost on prices, right? Rules, but what restraint? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's impressive. I mean, he, he could have easily, in my mind, have uh, done an extra, you know. Look at these geniuses day. in chat. They're, they're all within a thousand. Oh, my God. You guys are getting wrecked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough scene. Um, all right. Brian, are you playing this uh, this NASCAR slate? Yes. Yeah. Looks yeah. like Logano's winning right now. Another caution. Do you know what killed me on, was it Sunday? Uh, that Jimmy Johnson wreck really hurt me. And now he's yeah, my, I, too. I went back to the well. He's my most owned guy on this slate. Yeah, I think I think me too. He was definitely the one of the value plays. Um, oh no, it's maybe it's not a, yeah, it's a caution. Um, that hurt me. Uh, yeah, I was winning pretty, pretty decent through two thirds of the race. And you know, that NASCAR, that's going to happen. Dude, that's these... like, I normally, you know me, I'm normally like superstitious, like with, with like slow, like with slow burning, uh, like DFS scoring, like the MMA where it's like building one by one. I don't like to look. Whereas yeah. with NASCAR where things change every second, I don't mind looking. And just watching like thousand dollar swings, just <laughs> yeah. like what? It's just it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty it, tough it, sweat. Yeah, you can go from like top ten to like the next lap. You're like nine thousand. Like what, what? How did that happen? Um, and, and I don't even know, like, because I'm sure there's. I don't know the sport well enough. Um, not a NASCAR thought leader, uh, despite what <laughs> I might have said. Um, but like when they pit, like the the scoring is going to all change around, even though like some guys haven't pitted yet. So it's not even reflective of like their true position. Yeah. 
that's that definitely happens and you never know how they're going to come out of the pit and like who's going to get like get lapped so like you never really know in nascar till the last lap till it's over is it a hot take to say i like i racing better no not for me i agree with you (laughs) bigger edge that's for sure especially now with this um the new uh starting lineups how they do it by like you know these arbitrary metrics as opposed to qualifying races so you know you know way in advance what where everyone's going to be starting and uh uh you know that just makes it easier to meet people like make lineups gives them more time to think about it yeah more content providers can push it out there uh you know something to keep in mind with these nascar mma since that's all there is right now is because there's so many dupes you can definitely have like an average night that like you would consider an average night in other sports, but in these doopy sports, you just get crushed because um, there's, because there's so many dupes. So like, like if chalk goes off and you're playing some sort of contrarian style with which both of us play um, in like 120 teams tie for first, like they gobble up all the money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, even though you've, you, you finished, you know, you had a fairly decent average, uh, 150 lineups, you're only going to get back like five, ten percent of your money because of the dupes. Yeah. Because there's just so many, you know, chalky teams up there just gobbling up all the top heavy prize pool money. But but you would, I mean, MMA is way way more duped than NASCAR, right? When you got 30 yeah. plus drivers, there's a way more combinations. Yeah. Well, not only is there way way more combinations, but you don't generally don't want fighters fighting against each other, so that even limits it even more. Right. In the MMA, um, but Na- but NASCAR NASCAR uh, even though this Sunday the guy who took down the 200K with a solo uh, by himself, I think I think that's what. After I get saw my ass, getting my ass kicked, I just swiped it swiped DraftKings closed yeah i looked and some guy took it down but but like below him second place was like 20 way tied so like even even if there's a solo to first and then a 20 way tie and then a 20 way tie and then a 15 way tie and then a 20 way tie if you have an average contrarian day you can be getting 15 percent back 10 percent back it's not it's not it's not you know each sport is kind of unique like that like in baseball you can like you could take like first and like the rest of your lineups are garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it can happen, you know, not frequently, obviously, but like it can happen in, in these other sports more so than these sports where there's lots of dupes. Yeah. I mean, Na- so NASCAR does have 40, you know, 40, around 40 racers compared to the, you know, 24 or so fighters. But like some of these racers are basically unplayable each week. Yeah. You know, they're going to garner 1% basically every time. So it's really more like 35. Um, and and the, the, problem, the problem is that they have to release the salaries before they know the starting positions. Yeah. Which I think they've been able to, since the starting positions are released early now, because they don't have the qualifying laps, they can price them better. But like, if you just price someone wrong, you know, you put, you take your best guess, you know, six days before the race starts and then the guy fails inspection and gets pushed to 40th and he's a top six driver or something like he's just chalk. You know what I mean? And and it's going to be tough to fade him. So there's going to be a lot of dupes that, you know, in NASCAR just because of that. 
We got Carlos uh, Soto in the chat saying he, we need the captain, and I am going to make a slight edit to his and the assistant to the regional uh, captain for, for NASCAR. <laughs> it, it does like all these sports. The uh, even you know when PGA comes back, NASCAR, MMA. Like, can you how can you make an argument against a captain uh, at the very least, much less an assistant to the regional captain? Yeah, I I mean I I would be fine with both. Either would be better than this. NASCAR is not as bad as as MMA, but like why why not why not just do it? Yeah, I mean, and even though FanDuel's isn't perfect, like the fact that you can still you know play even like the most popular captain, and he's still only going to be like sixteen percent owned in the captain spot versus like fifty percent owned just as a flex guy, like that's a huge difference for for what you can do, and like because if you want to get leverage like on a, on a popular guy, like you can do that via the captain spot. Whereas if you want to get leverage on who was the, the one of the MMA fighters, you have to have a hundred percent of them just to have leverage over the right. top. Yeah. 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 That that's for That's true. Um, it's not really how I think of leverage, but like how you yeah. generally talk leverage is talked about. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, with, um, I see Jake, Jake Harry is, is, uh, is in chat here saying he's getting crushed in these sports. So Jake plays NHL and MLB mainly. And, I remember uh, him as a big LOL guy too. <laughs> he, he, I think he played, he dabbled. No, he did. He was writing articles, breaking down Osimo's and brick 75's right. roster construction. That's right. He did do that. Yeah. And so it sounds like baseball might not be backed, uh, which so Jake, you're going to, you're going to need to learn these, uh, these bad boys if that's the case. <laughs> um, you know, back, really quick with the dupes though, with, with cat, with, with, um, captain and showdown football, you know, one of the interesting things about that is like guys duping themselves is kind of like an, an edge because they're not trying to be unique, you know, unless, unless dupey. And so you could kind of get an edge by just so many guys, not paying attention to that fact. And then they all have the same lineup where then you just be slightly unique and then you have a shot. Yeah. So like you could still win at it. It's just um, when there's just not enough combinations, it just, it, it can really wear on the enjoyment, you know, of sweating the game and, 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 you know, picking line, like how, how contrarian do you want to go? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think, we talked about this with LOL and why I think it took, took off as a DFS sport is because the correlations granted, they were pretty simple um, were fun for people to build lineups with, with strong correlations. And whereas um, I know with PGA, there can be some stuff based on, on weather, but you know, with NASCAR and MMA and these other sports, when we have no correlations, we have no captain. I mean, it's really, um, I don't know. It's just a more limited game. It's just way less intellectually interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, they, there is talk, although I haven't uh, dove too deep into this, that there's correlations between drivers on the same team. Okay. I, I have heard this cause they might um, draft off like draft it. And yeah, and that's yeah. true. I could actually probably try to figure that out. It might take a little bit, but um that could be something interesting. I mean, this is the this is this is what the, just the second race they're back. Yesterday's was canceled or not yeah. or postponed, I should say. 
you know how DK is with uh, with with rain and internet connections. You never know what event's gonna play, what yeah. what event's gonna count. And the, yeah. you know the problem with that is yesterday's. You didn't so you didn't do yesterday's. I did, and and Kyle Bush was in there, and I think I had seventy percent of them. He was a huge favorite. He was like a sixty eight percent favorite to win in NASCAR in a forty man field. That's insane. Yeah. And, um, and now it's like, is he gonna play? Because he's racing tonight. Uh, let's see if he's out there. Who? Sorry, who are you looking for? Kyle Busch. I don't see his name on there. I mean, I'm assuming unless he crashed, he's out there. He's just losing. Um, yeah, he's out there. He's 21st. Um, so he's racing tonight, and then they're supposed to race at like 11 or noon tomorrow, and then they got a race on Sunday. You know, you wouldn't have any concerns about him getting back out there if this was I racing, Brian. You no, just well, roll no. out of bed, right over to the rig. <laughs> i racing is more of a skill sport than this yeah that is going to be really funny when like <laughs> i guess we're in this middle ground obviously people will be really stoked when nba and nfl and stuff is back but like in the interim when we get some of these back and they're like man i kind of miss just league of legends i, I kind of miss i racing <laughs> it's just like take me back to quarantine dfs era did you see dan Beck's tweet i think it was his like what would it well, I think it started as, will you play League of Legends? Oh, when? yeah. I didn't follow up on it, though. He did. There was like two. One was, will you play when the real real sports come back? And the second one was like, what would it take? Like, um, he, he, he responded to Matic, I think. Like, like, if it was a 10K GPP, would you play? Yeah. And so, I don't know how you feel, but I'll, I'll, I'll go first. My answer was no. Yeah. Uh, you know, just if that, if I only had binary choice of yes or no, it's probably going to be no. And then 10 K GPP, definitely not. But then one of the other guys, uh, FJ Bourne, one of one of the DFS yeah. players, he said, if it's like 80 K GPP, uh, for the big one, he would play pretty much every slate and, and he wouldn't play any of the others. And yeah. I think rocket league is kind of dead now. It seems like after another debacle, I don't know if you saw that one. I didn't. What was the recent debacle? Rocket League, like, I even played a couple slates of CSGO. I never touched Rocket League. <laughs> they, like, listed a game that didn't wasn't even on the schedule or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And now this this the slate that was either today or tomorrow is the Iberian Rocket League. Yeah. So they're scraping bottom of the barrel. Um, uh, so, so what was I talking about? It's like, yeah, 80K – I, the, the cool thing about League of Legends is you could kind of set it and forget it. Yeah. Like if you had gotten, you know, a half an hour or whatever long it takes you to do your laps, if you got half an hour during your day, you can make it, put it in and forget about it. Yeah. Which other sports you got to be there usually right before a lock. And I will say I was playing a lot of League of Legends um, and I would have played even more um if it was like rostering the position slot for the team where there was going to be no funny business um you know our viper fly solo situations you know same thing like i would play kbo if i was just rostering you know the team's out you know right fielder yeah we Not talked about this last week yeah didn't we? yeah yeah totally i totally I, I i totally agree with that um i wonder if that breaks the law that that uiega um that's interesting exception i wonder if it's 
it has to be the player or something like that. No, because isn't isn't FanDuel doing the pitcher slot? Oh, are they? I, I haven't even, I haven't played KBL yet. Let me check. I I played last night and got crushed. Um. Oh, don't worry, don't worry, guys. We we have never forgotten about League of Legends. We're actually gonna mention that they uh now have uh, some contests posted. Is it? Uh, I know someone in the chat will let us know. Is it the summer split? Is that is that what the, is on tap here for League of Legends? We got ourselves uh, mid-season special is what DraftKings is calling it. They have 150K prize pool, 50K up top, um, and that is kicking off in 174 hours, guys. So uh, we are going <laughs> to get your lineups in now. I think we said we we're actually going to count it down, right, where we're going to go live until uh, yeah. League of Legends tip-off. We're starting now, and we're not signing off. Head down. <laughs> I bet that that stunt, Brian. That's that's how we get the Spotify money. Can you imagine <laughs> the article? Two degenerate. Like I don't even. When is when? When even is the date? I can't do the math on 174 hours. When is this? It's next Friday, the 28th, I think. Okay, that's not that far away. I think. But that still would be absolutely insane. Yeah. No. I. You can't do that. You can't. Isn't it like you can't even stay up more than what we'd have to do. Hours? is we would say that Lowell's was staying live until and you and me would have to go in shifts um, where we'd kind of, you know, I'd go take a two hour nap. You do a, a solo vamp then I'd come, you know, pull down the fort while you got some sleep. Would we just get, get, get hammered? Just, get <laughs> just I think we would just by the end of it, we would be incredibly disheveled. Uh, we'd be hammered. We would um, be incoherent in everything we'd say, but man, just think about the the drumbeat of buzz we would have built for this League of Legends. Does it slate. count if we pass out but leave the cameras on? I think one yeah, of us like... needs to be entertaining the audience at all times. Although you could argue that how many people do you think would would watch one of us sleep? Like if I just went and left my camera up and just curled up on that couch over there. I think I think there is a minimum. I think you would get at least two dudes <laughs> hey two I, dudes minimum. nothing would help my own self-worth and my own vanity more than knowing a couple of my dfs bros on the internet want to watch me sleep under my bright fluorescent light <laughs> <laughs> you put up on your periscope you'd probably get hundreds of people thousands throughout the week watching you sleep that like, do you remember when um, Stefan Marbury, like this was Twitter had, sorry, this was, I remember it because I had just moved out here. It was the summer of 2009. Do you remember when he was just doing the nonstop live streaming? No. no I can't even Starberry. remember what platform he was doing, but he had like a few iconic moments where one, he got in a car wreck while he was live streaming um he had the moment where he was eating vaseline on camera um but was it i remember it wasn't it wasn't vine it was like it was some kind of other live streaming like it wasn't even youtube it was, was he some still other, playing then he was he, in was, china? he was i think it was right before he went to china i think it was he was having his like transition out of the nba crisis and uh <laughs> i remember it because and the thing I remember about why the idea of watching someone sleep is like, 
I was, uh, I had just moved out here. I had a job and I would come home at my lunch break and I would have my laptop on. And while I would eat my lunch, I would just watch the Stefan Marbury thing. And it was so soothing. Like he, he would have the camera like set up on the porch and he would face it down at the pool. And I just come home. I'm like, Oh, Marbury's just swimming in his pool right now. It was just like so oddly comforting. Um, he was, he was ahead of his time. That's when Rogan started his podcast, I think. Yeah. 2009, right around there. Taylor, uh, producer Taylor in the chat says there are full montages of Twitch streamers falling asleep on stream. That's I've funny. Seen. I thought you were going to say that there's an, there's like, imagine if you were a Twitch content creator and your, your entire hook was just that you slept on stream. I'm sure that could work for a girl. Um, I bet they could build an empire. Like there's, there's weird yeah. fetishes for everything out there. I'm sure some girl could sleep on camera and get 10,000 concurrence. Oh yeah, definitely. The, some of the, uh, some of the channels my buddies have shown me with like the, the Twitch girl gamers on there. It's like, they're just thousands of guys drooling, drooling over them. Let us know in the chat. What's the, what's the weirdest, uh, niche thing you've ever watched on Twitch? Uh, I, I'm sure there's just, I'm sure there's subcultures and niches out there that I can't even comprehend, Brian. Oh God. Yeah. 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 There's probably some weird shit out there. <laughs> Taylor says there's a jar of peanut butter stream, man. Okay. I'm not against that one. There yeah. are some cool ones though. Like the, like the, the Eagle's nest and stuff like that. Nature, nature yeah. camps. Those ones are pretty cool. I have a, there's a cemetery by my house and it's it before it would be a place before coronavirus that I would love to go walk in. There would be hardly anyone in there and there's, um, there's a huge Eagle's nest in there. It has to be one of the only or handful of Eagles, um, bald Eagles in, in Massachusetts, but now like the secrets out and one coronavirus. So more people are looking for public places to go hang out anyways. And two, you'll just walk in there and they'll just be like a paparazzi of guys with these huge lenses all waiting to get a shot of the Eagle. Um, but yeah, I, I can, I can get down with Eagles. There was uh, uh, Rex Chapman had a tweet today. Did you see that one where some guy in a boat feeding an Eagle, throwing a fish up Eagle flying past them and catching it. Yeah. Um, the King is upset that I missed one of his chats. I'm sorry, sir King. Um, there's literally Twitch channels that are specifically made to watch the streamer sleep. See, I knew this shit already existed. I can't come up with it. Okay. Uh, Jake's calling you out. He's saying that his buddies have shown him those streamer channels too. (laughs) Lewis Lewis says that there's some deers humping streams. I mean, what? All right. how, How is that even like, I can understand like, deers hump but like how could that they can't hump like in perpetuity you imagine like coming home from a hard day's work crapping a cracking a miller light kicking back your lazy boy putting on the deer fucking channel <laughs> i mean the thing is like like the rest of the night. it's ridiculous but even the concept of watching like i understand why twitch is so popular but like take the poker streamers for example mm-hmm. like they'll watch someone play poker for eight hours yeah like and to me it's just and again i'm not even knocking that like we all have the kind of content i just like can't imagine watching anything at my computer for that long yes yeah i mean you know i want to make make fun of it but it is kind of awesome yes that like that's kind of what i want I, i love about youtube is it's just got all of these little niche it's like public access tv 
back in the day, but for anybody at any yep. time, right? And they had some crazy public access TV shows back in the day. And, and I think it's awesome. You know, like it's, it's like, I wish they would get rid of all the network stuff on there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I don't want to see Stephen Colbert's stupid little skit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can, I can find that. This is YouTube. It's like public access. Well, I want to see the deer humping channel. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, it's now funny. I'm kind of taking back. I Granted, I've never uh, listened to this in one fell swoop, but two of, uh, there's these two New York comedians I like, um, Connor Ratliff and JD Amato. And they had a podcast that they called 12 hour day. And they just recorded in 12 hour chunks, exactly as it said. And the thing that's fascinating about it is for two, like, obviously they don't do it that often. They do it like once every six months and they've done it for probably seven or eight years. So one, just like knowing them, like getting to know them at the beginning into where they are in their, in their lives now. And, and Connor's now like a working actor and JD's a big uh, director and just seeing their growth. And then on top of it, what's fascinating about it is when you record for that long, at some point, like you and me are entirely conscious right now of the fact that we're recording. But when you record for 12 hours, you start to forget that. And you, it does feel like you're truly eavesdropping on a conversation. And you'll hear their tone, like they'll remember that they're recording, not that they're censoring themselves, but there's this tonal shift. And it's fascinating. Uh, I think it's a fascinating concept for a show. That is, I didn't, I didn't know that existed. That's a exhausting 12 hours with a camera on you. Did no, you but not a camera. It was, it's a, just a podcast. So just oh, audio. Okay. Yeah. Was it all live or could they edit it? No. So they, he would only edit if there was um, uh, like an issue. Like if someone mentioned a name, he would like, that shouldn't have been, not, they'll bleep it. Or if he had technical difficulties, he'd shift it together. But otherwise it was completely uninterrupted. Did you see uh, Spotify also bought Gimlet Media? Yeah, yeah, that was a, a little while ago, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know when it happened. I just know that they, I just saw a new story that they they purchased those three, and you, I mean, you might know this, but this reminded me of when Gimlet Media started. I don't listen to him anymore, but he was like the guy who started the NPR uh, podcasts. You know, like I can't remember which one, but those early ones, This American Life, maybe. Um, and so he left NPR to start that Gimlet Media Network. And his yep. first show was him sh showing startup. the process of the startup yeah. of creating Gimlet Media and everything it took to do it and like hiring a naming company to come up with the name Gimlet. And uh, it's interesting that now, what is it, five years, six years later, he's bought out. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. You can see it from start to finish. And I, uh, that first season of startup was really good. I think the second season was even better. Like as the company was growing and the kind of tough conversations he was having to have with his co-founder, um, it was like really raw and, and real that it, it's, it's a, a little different in that, like they're still kind of curating and telling the story they want to tell, but mm -hmm. like they, they did a good job of not censoring. Like they put in some stuff that you're like, man, that's a hard conversation to air publicly, whether it's about financials or letting people go. Huh? Yeah. I didn't get that, that deep into it. I listened to some of the other ones he brought on a little bit. Um, he, he would like wake his wife up in the middle of the night and ask her questions and stuff. Yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting though. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is oh, too. Another, another caution. 
Uh-oh. Starting up again. I missed it. I do not know how to sweat NASCAR. It's not that great of a sweat. No. It's the one uh some of the only one I remember is it Daytona 500 in the is the the restrictor plate races where they have a couple of them but yeah where it just lends itself to all the chaos uh yes. at the end but um, like why is that a great sweat either you know what i mean yeah. like, it's a great it might be a great view if you're into it and you're into crashes yeah. and stuff like i don't i i don't uh can't blame you there but for dfs sweat it doesn't like you're like in first yeah you know four fifths of the way through it doesn't mean shit yep and like when someone crashes you're kind of just going like okay was that my car i don't know if that was my car yeah how many cars were in it and they don't really get the full picture a lot of the time it's nowhere near the sweat mma is for DFS, oh. for DFS purposes. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about MMA for a sweat is be, the, the, the final fight ends up being the highest owned fight of the night. So like, right. It, it's almost like I'd rather that fight go first, you know, obviously yeah. they'd never do that, but for like DFS purposes, and then you get into the more lesser owned fights as you go, that as a sweat would make it more interesting where it's like, Okay, half the field has one of these two guys. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they. I don't. I still don't think that. I think people still take them too much and take them fighting each other too much. I could be wrong, um, so that might be like an inefficiency that you could maybe profit off of. Yeah, but let's just say it's not. Uh, then I would like listen to you know Alex's Alex Baker's idea of they should just score five rounders different than they score three rounders like they do in tennis. Yeah. And then maybe you drop that ownership, but like, what are you going to do? Like, here's another thing too, is those, the, the big fight is the big names. Exactly. So you're going to get them. You're going to get the, you know, um, Yankees effect of people yeah. betting more on the, the guys they like. And if I recall, then I, this is probably an anomaly, but I want to say all three of the cards this past week for UFC in the main event, the underdog one was in this last week. Yep. You know, I, it, I was doing because okay Gaethje, I, uh, um, yeah. over, over him and then they're both dogs. Yep. And then there was, I can't remember who the other one was, but I'm pretty sure it was all dogs. And all of these guys have been priced in the mid sevens, which uh, yeah. is, I mean, over it's like seven. Yeah. It's, it's just like, I don't know. They got to at least price those guys up a little bit because they have such immense upside in the five round yeah. contest that they're just like begging you to play the underdog in these matches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you would have priced up um, Harris, you know, 300 and then over him like a thousand, then you probably would have even it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the, the problem is just, just they don't have captain and assistant uh, regional manager. Yep uh that's the big problem if they would add that in there i don't think it would be nearly as bad and there's just not i mean there's just nothing you could do about it uh until they change that so like i think in um FanDuel, the last two i could be wrong but i think there was solo takedowns both times that's nice from and they have a captain and they don't even do it right they don't, <laughs> yeah, they don't even have a different salary yeah yeah have you been uh have you still been playing most KBO slates? No, I've I played last night because I had some tickets. Yeah, and I guess if they, I didn't. I probably should know this. This is what I do for a living. But uh, if you don't play, if it's a contest specific ticket, and and it doesn't fill, 
you lose that money. If it fills, you either get paid out or they, or if, like there's a possible another event, they might like keep it on there. Oh, but yeah, if okay. it doesn't fill for a contest specific ticket, you lose your money is what the DK VIP email told me yesterday. So I didn't even want to play, but I'm like, eh, whatever. I got these tickets. I probably just entered everything for League of Legends one night and won the ticket or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to play. It's been going down in popularity too, which is what I, I guess would happen. And I'm a little biased being in central time and it's like the worst possible time for 4.30 in the morning. It's just like the worst. Yeah. Like I, I you know, 3.30 in the morning, you just stay up, even though that's pain in the ass. 5.30 in the morning, you kind of like just get up. You could do it either way. 4.30 is just like right in the middle, like just the worst possible time. Yeah. But yeah, they got 100,000 GPP tonight. Their their big dollar one's only uh, 80,000, which is one of the lower ones. So it's 10,000 entries in the, in the uh, $11. Yeah. 10,000 people. It's It's not a lot. So I think I might just play when they have like the bigger nights or something like that, but I'm not going to stay up. I'm just going to. You think like, you know, obviously, you know, when, when, when all the uh, real sports went away and League of Legends was just here waiting for us with open arms and there was just all of this excitement and energy of, wow, this is actually a pretty fun DFS game. It's a pretty good sweat. And now we're coming out of it. I, you could tell the sites were trying to manufacture enthusiasm around KBO, but the combination of real sports coming back, um, people uh, not feeling like they're just locked in their homes have, and don't mind staying up till 3 a.m. to build lineups or whatever. Like I, it does seem like KBO DFS might be kind of a casualty here as we enter this, this next phase. I would agree. The only caveat I think is if MLB doesn't come back. Mm. Yeah. If MLB doesn't come back, then maybe not because, okay, we got golf, MMA, NASCAR, League of Legends coming back. There's soccer, but like even like this soccer with the Bundesliga or however you pronounce it. Do you the play family. that? No, I don't set the soccer modeling soccer for me is such a pain in the ass because there's so many variations on the name. And so, like, when you're gathering information from different sources, stats, odds, blah, 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 you have to match all the names up, and it just takes forever. And, like, so, like, my Premier League is the main soccer league that used to be the only one they had. You know, I've got hundreds and hundreds of names that I've matched up. And, like, these new leagues, I just don't even want to bother yeah. putting in that time. And so, like, I could use, like, uh, Osmo's rankings or something. I guess I don't think they even put – I don't think they even put anything up. I could be wrong. They, maybe they started to after the first day, but like, um, it's just too much of a pain in the ass. 37 cars blow, blue, blew an engine here. Shows you how much I know about NASCAR. 37 cars? No, the 30, number oh, 37. I was like, that's the <laughs> race, buddy. There's like two cars Shut out there. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be wild to see the GPP scores. It's just like all these negatives and just two guys just racking up all these points. No, I mean it wouldn't matter because you it would it would finish your whatever you finished in even if you're True. you're running running into the into the uh, pit, you'd you'd still finish you know fourth or whatever the thirty seventh car would be. Yeah, but back to the KBO thing, yeah. I do agree with you because KBO would scratch that itch for people if they don't have MLB, but they still have a lock time 
issue. They have a lock time and a lineups information issue. It's like the same thing with the Korean LOL league. Um, they don't, it's not as bad because the Korean league doesn't release lineups at all. Oh no, they do. They do. Right. Like an, an hour before the Korean league does, I think, um, baseball, it's like a half an hour before for a lot of times or less. And, and you still have the issues of outdoor stadiums with postponements. Yeah. So if you set your lineups at nine central, you got what, eight hours or whatever. So you have to know like if the games are going to be likely to get rained out, who's likely to start or sit. And then you got to wake up a half an hour before four o'clock and then double check that you don't have a whole bunch of guys who aren't sitting out. And you have to have a process for quickly subbing those people. And this trip, this, this race is a shit show, huh? Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not good for DFS. It's just a bad, a bad sport with a bad time zone. So like soccer, one of their problems is it's usually like an 8.30, 9.30-ish start time. And the lineups come up an hour before. Yeah. That kind of sucks, but it's not the end of the world. This is just a, you know, a, a level 10 times higher. 4.30 and the lineups come up a half an hour early and there's weather concerns. Do you think anyone from DraftKings – like say with any of these sports, these these uh, newer French sports like LOL or KBO, do you think they even make an effort to reach out to someone in the communications office of these Korean leagues to be like, hey, you know, like, is there any way we can have a partnership here and work on getting information and lineups out earlier? It's a win-win for both your league and for us. I have no idea. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. It doesn't hurt to at least ask. And you figure yeah. like hub wouldn't be that bad for him. It's like, it's an American site. Like who cares? Yep. Carlos um, confirms that Alex didn't put out productions, uh, projections for Bundesliga. This is the first piece of evidence that he's an actual human being. I think Brian. Yeah, maybe that's possible. Um, you know, you know, a, a hard drive only has so much, you know, storage space. He needs an external, an external. Plug, yeah. He needs maybe like an upgrade, uh, a firmware upgrade or something. Yeah. So it's it's it it's a you know a small piece of evidence that maybe he is a human being. Yeah. But I'm not convinced. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like at this point we have enough stuff. Um, you know, we got these random NASCAR, we got MMA. Um, it's in what we're going to get PGA coming back here uh, in mid June. Is it the first one? I believe. Yeah. It's uh, here. Let's check. We got first one is six eleven. Oh, do you know the, the one sport we haven't talked about that's still going, we got to talk a little outlaw golf. Noah Hoffman, the highest owned guy on the slate this week. I forgot about Noah Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, and he did he did pretty solid for DraftKings points, anyways, on the first day. Uh, today he was struggling. Let me let me check and see how he's how our guys doing. Let and help and let me. Know, I didn't play this slate. I didn't look at any projections. Was his ownership reflective of his projection, or was there a viral ownership premium for Noah Hoffman? So I. 
I had him at like 24% and he ended up being like 31 or 32. So, so you would like, associate like seven or 8% percent viral point bump from the DFS community on Noah Hoffman. Uh, today he's, he's got two birdies, two bogeys, which is not, uh, he's got three holes left though. Yeah. Which is not great for, uh, DFS anyways. And yesterday he had a whole bunch of birdies, but a decent amount of bogeys, but he scored pretty, pretty well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty funny too, because I, it's, it's definitely spread the Noah Hoffman DFS, whatever love to just, you know, not just our little circle or whatever I, I see it in the twitter thread people talked about noah hoffman oh yeah we and uh we got a shout out noah hoffman tracker i think i even won a a trading card from him that i have not hit him up yet to receive yet but noah hoffman tracker is doing some good work out there <laughs> yes he's he's going shot by shot <laughs> <laughs> it's the access carlos says he was 100 percent hoffman yesterday that was the lulls effect <laughs> Carlos single-handedly bumped him up a couple points. Yeah. Have yeah, you been hurt. watching? Have you been watching the, some of their Periscope stuff? The sweat? Not this week. Not this week. But I've I've watched. But you know, the weeks before. Yeah. Why? What do you think? I I haven't I haven't been watching it, but I saw someone say that. Well, uh, I think one of the the cameramen uh, that they liked his analysis and saying it was better than whatever's on the. Um, the PGA shows, but I think that's a pretty low bar from what I hear of the PGA commenters are pretty bad. Uh, they're, 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 they're fine. They're professionals. Um, yeah. I, I do watch that pretty frequently. The problem is you're paying whatever a month for the NBC gold PGA package. Yeah. And, and like they cut to commercials and it's a commercial to go into the stream and they only show like one group and like outlaw golf is showing like four groups. <laughs> And you're paying, you know, eight bucks a month or whatever it is to see one group from the PGA and they don't, and they, and they won't, sometimes they won't do the the morning. They only do the afternoon or they only do certain days. It's, that's what everyone's complaining about, I think. But like the announcers are just their guys from golf channel. So they're, they're pros. I mean, yeah. Wh- whatever you think about that. Yeah, it seems like, uh, what would you say, has the level of interest in playing outlaw golf, has that held, or do you think it's waning as well? I think it's held pretty, I think it's held pretty well. So yesterday was another 150, 50,000 50, the first, uh, that Scottsdale one the week before was like 200 or something like that. Um, I wonder if they did the full slate, if they'd get more interest like classic golf. So classic golf is Thursday through Sunday with a cut. Yeah. And they're just doing one day showdowns. Yeah. I wonder if it would get more interest if they did three days. So like you do three days because outlaw golf only goes three days. So you do three days on a Tuesday, Wednesday would be showdown and then Thursday would be the final showdown. Okay. I mean, like that's how I'd, kind of want to see it to go but it might not matter people might these are just all dgens maybe yeah it's also uh lewis says in the chat that they twitch stream noah both days and unless i miss something noah hoffman became the twitter dfs viral star because he didn't show up for an event that they accidentally scheduled it for is there any other origin piece of that origin story i'm missing that's it. 
the, the press conference? <laughs> the interview <laughs> sponsored by Miller Lite. By Miller Lite. That's it. Nothing what's, else. What's so great about that, and again, it just proves in general, if you just need a PR playbook for basically anything, mm-hmm. you just own the mistake, you air it out publicly, you have fun with it, you don't deny, you don't try to sweep it under the rug. And look, he literally, the Outlaw Golf now has more interest because of this snafu. They have a quote-unquote media superstar because of this accidental snafu. Like, that's you got to lean into the PR skid. I, I agree 100%. Here, let's do a quick one. Outlaw Golf, Twitter followers. So remember, they started at whatever, like 200 or something before their their first DraftKings uh, offering. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing followers? Followers first, yeah. They started in 2016, if that matters to you. Yeah, I I, I have uh, I haven't seen it recently. When it first mm-hmm. popped up, I looked. I wanted to say it's only at like, what, 22, 2300 followers? Almost 32 now. 32. Okay, that might have been when I saw it. So they've probably grown like 1,000 in the past few weeks. It's about 1,000 a week, I would say. Maybe okay. a little less than that. Yeah. And how many, how many tweets do you think? That guy tweets a decent amount. How many tweets do you think he's got? When did you say the account was created? 2016, August. Okay. Um, I'll say um, 12,000 tweets. 757. Wow, he's minimalist. Yeah. Okay. And I would, I would imagine half of those are in the last two weeks. No, and like a quarter of them are no often yeah. tweets. <laughs> Taylor, you just pulled up, I think, a different Outlaw Golf uh, tournament uh, Twitter account. Let's see it. Uh, uh, Official Twitter for the John Outlaw Memorial Tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck to John Outlaw. I will say, yeah, they. uh, I I have searched for Outlaw myself and and gotten the random stuff. So it's a. They need to go uh, pay for it. There it is. Now we got it up on the screen. Very nice. What Um, did he have? He had another. Another tweet about being uh, hung over again, didn't he? Did you see that one? No, I didn't. No, I don't want to scroll all the way down. He's like, if anyone doesn't show up from being hung over, we'll tweet out immediately or something like that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. They, they uh, give you they give you more more notice than the PGA Tour does. Like you don't know Louis Oosties and has a bad back until like twelve golfers have teed yeah. off. I, because you know that this guy running the tour just has all these guys like on a group thread, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, hey man, I'm feeling a little hungover today. And are there are there any other betting markets on Outlaw Golf other than DFS? Are there do any of the sports books have stuff? Yes, they do on, okay. on Outlaw. Yeah, yeah, and they they add stuff each week. So like the first week there was just first place odds, you yeah. know, one way, one way first place. And then they did like first place and I can't remember what the second one was, but now they have first place, third, fifth, top three, top five, top 10, head to head. So basically, you know, close to PGA levels now. Yeah, that's, uh, that's impressive. Yeah. Or sad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure how much of a, a secondary market was uh, was popping. Don't you think? That. Don't you think Dana White has kind of led the way here, as far as as far as like these other leagues? Like, just get out there, do something. Yeah. Play baseball. Play in Arizona. I know it's it's an argument between the players and the owners at this point, 
But like, just play in Arizona and Florida. Play in the states yeah. that it's legal. Come back, especially the outdoor ones. Yeah. And I, I think I said this last week. Like, I'm I'm not one to like bow at the altar of Dana White and deify him. But just from like a logistical standpoint, that he was able to pull this off, jumping through all the necessary hoops, like. Uh, it's pretty damn impressive. It speaks to how headstrong he is and how when he has his mind set on yeah. getting something done, he's just going to get it done. Um, and there's and, like no benefit to him either, right? Like, because he sold the company, right? Somebody owns that. Now he's just the... I, I was the reading his Wikipedia the other week and I want to say that he still has, he's incentivized. He owns some okay. of the company still. Okay, so there is some, but I don't think that's what fuels him. I think he's just... A maniac in a good think, way. You know, yeah, I way. think he's a maniac, and I think he probably he truly does love those fighters. He loves the league. He loves being a promoter, and um, it's it's also pretty crazy when you hear the post fight speeches. Like he is the dude. Like everything goes through Dana. Like when you're talking, you're those guys are talking directly to Dana. Like they might say they're talking to the fans or whatever, but it's like. Dana, do you see me angling to like get a beef yeah. going? Dana, will you give me this fight? Dana, thank you. It's it's nuts. It was this last week, especially. And it feels yeah. like with no fans there, that's even more personal, personable. You know, like they just talk right to him after the fight's over. Yeah. Um, what what did you think of that? Uh, uh the performances. I know you were heavy on uh, what's his name? G- Giga. Yeah. And I don't even got, remember what even happened. He got 71 him. and a half. Oh yeah. It was kind of underwhelming, but um, yeah, it's underwhelming at that price point. It was decent, but I don't think he, I don't think he was in the winning lineup. Yeah. My problem was, is I didn't have hardly any of the main event fight. Um, and so then uh, I was having a great day until that final fight. And uh, I needed yeah. like a, a lo- I needed like a giga score from, from the winner. That, that, see, that's why that, that fight, those fights are so heavily owned because let's say you're in the position you're in where you need them to score low amounts of points. It's almost impossible for you to get that occurrence because let's say they don't get an early round knockout. Well, that means they're going like five rounds of punching each other, which yeah. is just going to rack up DK points. And one of them is going to get the 30 points for, a, a, you know, unless they have a split decision. You need, you need it like that. Um, Romero, Israel, Adanya fight where they're literally just kind of dancing and not touching each yeah. other at all. Right. It can happen. Yeah, that's true. You, it, it can happen. It's, it's, yeah. It's just unlikely that, like, when you're sitting there and, you know, and you're looking good and you got the big fight coming up, it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You want, you want to have some, some piece of that, you know? Yeah. Hopefully. But I mean, unless their ownership's so high, I mean, you could, you could, uh, you could easily, you know, get six knockouts before the last fight, and then they need to have a monster score to catch up to you. So right. You can win without it. Right. And that was the thing that hurt me because I, I was doing pretty good, but I had so much uh, Giga or whatever, like, like a lot of people did, but I had a ton. I was at like 75 or 80%. So mm-hmm. when you have that many, then I, I didn't have many lineups with the, the five, you know, 100 plus point guys. Yeah. I had, I think I had like 60. 60 percent lewis says giga wasn't in the winning lineup yeah that's what that's what i thought yeah i'm kind of bummed that we don't have a card um 
Saturday. Like I would have went, like it was fun having three last week, but I would have much rather have had one of those on Saturday. Wait, we there's a there's a card Saturday, isn't there? No, there's one next Saturday, the thirtieth, but not one this Saturday. What? I thought for sure there's one this Saturday. Six, 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 right. six, and then this Sunday is what five twenty three, and then next Saturday five thirty is the. And I don't think they've put anything up on DraftKings. That card's still coming together. Um, but okay. Dana tweeted about it yesterday that it's going down. I think they have like five fights confirmed. Okay, so it's nothing this weekend and then two Saturdays in a row. Yeah. Um, the yeah. thing it, the Man, thing that's crazy. Tease. Oh, what? What a tease with that Wednesday. I know. I thought, oh, they're going to do Wednesday, Saturday every week now. This is going to be awesome. What's What kind of is crazy, though, about, like, you think about at minimum what you'd want to train, you know, for one of these fights. Like, these guys want at least a four- to six-week camp some of these fights aren't even scheduled for a week and a half from now. And yeah. I know like we saw that one guy who fought Giga, man, that guy had a great performance. Yeah. Uh, like Irvin or something like that. Um, yeah. Riv- Rivera was it? Rivera. That's it. Yeah. 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 He was, man. That was, was impressive. Bad. Yeah. Especially like, it didn't seem like they should be in the same weight class or something. No. <laughs> Height class for sure. He was Giga- way taller than him. Giga is pretty fun to watch just because there's not too many guys that have that kind of kicking game. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Revere guy though was, I'd like to see him train a little bit and then get in a, a different fight, see what he can do. And I think, you know, the reason that guy takes that fight, right. I mean, like he, he's not gonna, he probably wouldn't have gotten a shot like this otherwise. And now all of a sudden he got his shot. He's definitely on Dana's radar. We'll probably get another fight down the road just off of that performance and that's i don't know that's kind of a cool story yeah yeah i I bet he dana does like seem like that guy like he depreciates when a guy just fills in last minute yeah i watched the rogan fight companion while that was live for the first time never done that before yeah the guy rogan on roku and then the fight on my computer yeah and it was they they didn't talk about the fights at all though like the entire time until the over invite yeah yeah they barely even talked about that one too they just went oh oh well that makes me feel better about our fight uh companion (laughs) show because we weren't talking about it much either (laughs) i I imagine that's how most of them go like that's that's what i want to see i think i told you this like yeah like years ago i wanted it to go in this direction my buddy had an idea of just like broadcasting games on the internet like 10 15 years ago um, I'd much rather hear someone interesting talk about a game or a fight than Joe Buck, you know, or some of these NFL color guys are just so brutal on Fox. Yeah. They're just so boring and cliched. And it's like, who hires these guys? Like who thinks this is, yeah, this yeah. is interesting. I I pretty much watch all live sports on mute other than like nfl red zone sundays yeah um red zone's awesome i mean that's all i watch too is red zone because of that yeah because that but like even espn is just brutal with the with like the the uh the sob stories or whatever they they oh like for the draft and stuff yeah yeah yeah. and they've been doing that stuff for years now They, they hired that guy from mtv chris Connolly, whatever back in the day that was the start of it like yeah. Once they started getting rid of like Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick left, and once all those guys started leaving, uh, 
man, that just I I haven't watched ESPN in years for more than a few minutes. I don't even watch the drafts anymore. It's just so annoying. Even the UFC fight on Saturday had kind of a couple bad combos. One them running like the the guy's story. Like I know it's bad, but man, they were really ramming that down our throats with you know his daughter. And then on top of that, there were a million commercials on that card. It was kind of rough. Yeah, that yeah that, that that I didn't watch. That. I was doing the fight companion with that one. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm glad yeah that they didn't shove it down my throat. I it would be nice if they like change their contracts. Obviously, like the cable companies aren't going to do this, but it'd be cool if they could have snuck this in before they got sharp to the you know internet back yeah. in the day. To like okay, but we we keep the internet feed and we can release it to the public like an API. It'll have all of your commercials on it but like they can announce over it whenever they want. Like, why yeah, not? Yeah. Like the advertisers should be fine with it. Like the Miller Lite commercial still plays and like Joe Schmo can broadcast over it. I, you'd come up, there would be so much more interesting content for sports right. viewing. Right. It, it would almost like from their perspective, like if they could have something within the API where you can't, sorry, apologies if you basically were just saying this, but like where you can't talk over the commercials or whatever, yeah, I didn't say that, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Right, because in, from then, from their standpoint, the whole reason they hire Joe Buck is because in their minds, they think Joe Buck is going to make this game more interesting or accessible for the viewer. And yeah. our premise is that's not true. Why not democratize it and let you know anyone who wants to try to put out a better version? And then you're still your advertisers are getting more eyeballs on it. And right. people are able to hear from people they want. I mean, it, it seems and, like it, it makes sense. And at this point too, you could get your whatever, 10 million viewers on Fox. I'm just making up numbers here. And a million viewers on the internet that wouldn't have watched it to begin with. Like you, you might expand your audience. And they think of it like it's the 1980s or something where they're, yeah. where they're the monopoly. Where it's like, no, no, no. Like we got to put, um, uh, uh, what's, what's the announcer? The Howard Cosell. He's, you know, he's a legend. So we just need another Howard Cosell and Monday Night Football and we'll be fine. It's like, it's like, well, you don't have a monopoly on content anymore. Right. Spe- right. You know, and, and, and the announcers are legends. Howard Cosell was great and everything, but like, because that was the only thing to watch. It was the only thing on TV. So of course, like people are going to think these guys are, are, are the greatest because that's yeah. all that there is. And that's not the way it is anymore. Like sports is just so far behind. They're propping up comcast and all these cable companies that no one wants to deal with anymore it's because they because they lock into sports yeah they lock in the sport if, if it wasn't for live sports how many people would ditch their cable and tv oh, yeah. tons of tons of dudes would well and it's it's illustrated by the fact so what every single year who's in the monday night football booth is like this big thing. It's like, who are they going to, are they going to get Peyton Manning? Uh, Are they bringing Booger back? Are they going to try to get another guy? But it's like, it doesn't matter who you bring in. The whole concept of it is broken and archaic and not representative of how people consume sports and media now. Yeah, it's totally archaic. It's the exact same structure from 50 fucking years ago. And and like, look at in chat, Lou Sherman says, LOL commentary is great. That's an, that's a perfect example league of legends commentary is awesome and um and you could probably do even better than that they're kind of modeling themselves off of this classic legacy sports broadcasting and they're already way better because they can just go from so many different people all over the world 
and try them out and switch out guys and try new things. And there's guys who are on Twitch who do it themselves. I don't know if you've ever seen any of these like rogue streams and they announce games and I doubt League of Legends cares. No. Yeah, I mean, because I, and now that you say it, like there isn't even, if there is, I'm missing it. What kind of ad integrated placements do they have in those LPL streams or any of those streams? I don't see hardly any advertising. No, there's some ads like in between. In between? Yeah, in between. Uh, Not a ton though. Yeah. But yeah, they've, I've seen, I've seen on the LPL ones, they have like those Chinese sports drinks. Yeah. Like these weird, <laughs> I've seen some Chinese advertisements and um, they're not as foreign as you'd think. Uh, there are, some of it's kind of weird, but like they, they use kind of the same marketing on kids that, that we do. Yeah. All right, guys, this is our, Brian. Is there any other topics we didn't hit on before we I- wrap this up? I don't think so. Guys, thank you for uh, for hanging with us tonight. Um, you know, this was our official Darlington Toyota 500 companion show. And um, other than that moment where we thought all 37 uh, drivers crashed, it was <laughs> fairly uneventful. Um, but yes, thank you as always for coming out. We are here like clockwork every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Next week, we'll be able to preview an MMA card and uh, we'll be getting more sports back. Uh, Brian, any final words? No. Thanks for listening. Appreciate All it. All right, guys. For my host, co-host Brian, for our producer Taylor, and for Joe Rogan, who is now uh, has millions and millions of dollars, this is Lulz. Mm-hmm.